Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paul Hawksby. And Charlie Baker. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Comedian, Partick Thistle fan, podcaster, uh, Ray Bradshaw came in. Ray was fascinating. I didn't know of uh, Ray's um, extraordinary skill. Yeah, oh, uh, yes. Oh, yes. But, so he'll explain all. Because of his moment. parents, he has a, yeah. has a skill. Yeah, he has yeah, a skill, which nice. he explained, and, and we were fascinated by it. And he talked a bit of football. And we learned something about that skill. We Paul, did. Didn't we? That we, we didn't did. really realise. No, Very nice. really didn't know about. Um, Sam Delaney was back. Sam was a, a presenter on Talk Sport and on Talk Radio over the years. I used to do shows with uh, Sam back in the day. He has written a book. On uh, on mental health, mental health without the cobblers, as we call it. Yes, really um, interesting, really so, honest, yeah. really really clear what it, with, you know, what he had to say. And fascinating. And we had a birthday spread, of course, as always, it being Thursday. So here it all is. <laughs> good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Charlie. Afternoon, Paul. Uh, how are you in yourself? Are you, I'm very, very, very good. I'm very what, good. Did you very want? Good. I mean, obviously, a bit of Schadenfreude amongst national league teams. Mm-hmm. Did you want Wrexham to win against Sheffield United? Did you want? Uh, yes, I, no, I did. I did. did. I want Wrexham to to go up and out of our league. So they get as much, your way. Have as much success as possible. Right. So people think investing in the national league is a really good idea. Do you know what? That's good. That's long term thinking. That's, that's how that's I'm. A good that's idea. how I'm thinking. Because more, I'm thinking yeah, it's true. It. it might be seen as. I mean, it's a bit of an outlier, Wrexham, is it? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that other people will do the same thing, but you never know, Charlie. I think your attitude is the right And they're nice people. If you listen to my podcast uh, yeah. that I do with John, our producer, called the National Obsession Podcast, yep. which is about the National League, we interview Humphrey Kerr yeah, from, from Wrexham, and uh, it, yeah. we, we do an hour-long special with him, and it, and it always very clear why they chose yeah. Wrexham. It's very, very good. Uh, did, Paul, we had a, I, had a, I was sitting up late last night doing a little bit of work on my yeah. tour show, mm. um, and we had a mouse popped out from an, underneath the... Uh, Dresser, we've got it just popped yeah. out, bold as brass. Obviously, I'm not normally wander up about. You've got a lovely picture of it. It's like something from a Disney cartoon. It's like Ratatouille. He's like Ratatouille. He's sort of standing up on his back legs, having a little look around. I expect him to go in the go in the kitchen and knock up some cheese on toast or something. You know, I thought that was going to happen. But uh, then I saw in the paper today as well uh, a a California home Hmm. that woodpeckers have stashed 700 pounds of acorns. In in the walls, wow! In the walls, coming, and so coming back for them. So Charlie's choice today, Paul, yeah. is what was in the wall. Okay, 
<laughs> what was in the wall? What was in the wall? What did you find in the wall? What did you find or in, in, the, or wall? in the loft? I'll take in the loft or in the cellar, you know, when you've what when you've you moved in. What did you find when you moved in? Okay. People leave stuff right, always, don't they? Charlie's choice for the day. Talksport.com, text 8 to 89, tweet TS, H and J. Um, yes, the king went to a mosque yesterday, a visit to a mosque, and took his uh, shoes off, as is custom, yeah. and had a big hole in his sock. Oh, hole in his sock. Um, Rupert said, "I saw Rupert Bell earlier, and he was yeah. in the building." He said, "Well, that's the that's the aristocracy. That's royalty yeah, for that's you know." They said they're probably a favourite pair of old socks. He may have knitted them himself. That's true. And he just keeps wearing them. But um, and he was a Duchy of Cornwall. And I don't know if you've ever met anyone from. There's no one at all yeah. smart. In smartly dressed There's in no Cornwall. smartly dressed people in Cornwall at in, all. I'd, 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 I'd even it out to the whole of the West Country. Really? Be they all have got a bit of pasty on them. They've all got a bit of mustard <laughs> hanging off their Dollop jacket. A sort of potato and meat <laughs> yeah. on the old lapel. Absolutely. That's a nice brooch. No, no, hang on. That's not a brooch. <laughs> that's not nice. So that's not yeah. true, by the way, before the West Country well, transmitter okay. turns off. Charlie said that. He is, he is a native, so he can get away with it. It's not me, the Cockney. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the wardrobe malfunction. And in the world of yeah, sports... Lovely. That can happen a lot because you forget that, you know, you're going to have to get changed in front of your teammates and you've got a pair of old elephant oh, yeah. grey wire fronts that have gone through the machine about 50 times. So were there were there times really when, um, yeah. looking back on it, your wardrobe let you down uh, yeah. in the in the King's style? It's not often the King gives us a cool subject, but yes, today, talksport.com, text 8 to 89, tweet TSH and J. And also on the list today, inappropriate joining in. Lovely. This is because uh, theatre bosses uh, in uh, Scotland have asked people who are going to watch The Bodyguard, the sort of jukebox musical, of yes. course, the story of Whitney Houston from the film, um, not to sing along to the songs. <laughs> people have been going, having a few having a few tenants next door, yeah. and then going into the theatre in Glasgow and joining in. Yeah, I, don't, I can't see the problem with it. Yeah, but because... It's not exactly, you know, <clears throat> it's not like King Lear or something. It's not something <clears throat> desperately depressing, well, is it? It's like they're out for a good night out. But people have complained because um, the theatre said, we urge customers, uh, can you help by ensuring the professionals on stage are the only people entertaining us with their performances? Yeah. You've got a pussycat doll up there, Melody Thornton, belting the song yeah. out, and you've got a, a, a three or four rows of them have all had a couple yeah. sitting there. You can imagine. And I... Yeah. That's it. We'll it's, always come on, everybody. That would be it. Yeah, it would be. It's, it's like one of those Janie Godley things that she revoices <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, you yeah. know, I will always <laughs> love you. Also, it would drive you mad, wouldn't it, if you spent like yeah. forty quid a ticket? But at the same time, Paul, we bring our kids up. What's the first thing that every single kid goes and sees at the theatre? What's sometimes people's only experience of the theatre? Panto, Panto. Panto yeah. isn't it? And what you're always told to do at Panto... Join oh, in. Join in, he's yeah, behind you. Oh, in, yes, he when is. When you're in your 40s. So inappropriate joining <laughs> in. We would love to hear your, your tales of inappropriate joining in. Uh, we're going to cross to Holland later on, find out more about Arno Slot, who could be the Leeds manager, although our man in uh, Holland is a touch sceptical. He will explain uh, okay. a bit more about Arno that. Slot. And I see there's someone I've never heard of, Paul. Yeah, okay. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how old they were. I could have a guess. Tom Clayton is a Leeds fan. He, he's been keeping an eye on Arno Slot because okay. he could be at his place. In the last two games, mm. um, the uh, final, the team he's at, have had 80 shots on goal. Oh. In, in one game, they had 50 shots yeah. on goal. He's a machine. 
Yeah. And we are, oh, there, we, there it is. We've done it. We've moved. We'll move on. Slots on pot. Slots take you on a cultural tour around Stoke on Trent. Says, would you watch that? I, I don't think I'm I going to see I'd that. I'd watch that, Galian. Thank you very much for those. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. As always, we'll be making our annual pilgrimage for the Cheltenham Festival. Mm, lovely. Um, Charlie, you'll be with us for a few days. Yeah, a few as well, days down there. Yeah. Colour, colour, colour. Out yeah. and about on the course, meeting the punters and I the stars. Even, I don't even need to wear my je- suit anymore. Probably turn yeah, up in well, my jeans. Yeah, turn up in your jeans and wear what you like. Then Denim jacket. Yeah. You can you trainers. They're, they're racing to Do change. I like backwards cap. We mentioned earlier on that the uh, oh, more on a slot news in from our own oh, Aaron okay. Nigel Adley. Uh, slot was sacked by AZ uh, a couple of years ago for a lack of focus after he agreed to join Final the following season. Oh. He was given the job of reshaping the entire final coaching structure and the whole club is now in his image. He's doing a brilliant job. Thank you, Nigel, for that there bit of background are. on the man that you, our Love man in Nigel. Holland is a touch sceptical, will leave, but money talks, as he said. So if Leeds make the right offer, he could be tempted. Uh, the King went to a mosque yesterday, took off his shoes, of course, and uh, had a big hole in his sock. <laughs> and uh, we thought it was a bit odd, you know, for somebody who'd have a kind of dresser. Yeah. But um, we saw Rupert Bell who said, "Oh, that's the that's the aristocracy, aristocracy for." Unless he forgot Paul, and he slept. He sl- I don't know if he sleeps in his socks. I don't Some know. people do, don't they? Yeah. And he forgot. He got. Oh, well, go, get ready. Go, go get do out. I think he spends his life like that. The alarm clock goes <laughs> off. Oh, he's just on his own, Mr. rushing about. Chucks any old shoes, any old shoes. Get me a crown, any old crown. <laughs> That's unlikely, Charlie. Oh, but okay. um, my missus uh, reminds me, she used to work for some sort of big trading company in the city. Oh, yeah. And uh, all the uber-rich bosses there used to wander. And one of them used to, the boss of the whole place, he was just minted, would wander around this place in these old slippers full of holes. It's yeah. the rich. Yeah. Who's the poshest comedian you've ever met, Paul? Ivo Graham, isn't it, of course? Oh, yeah, no one's posher than Ivo. No one's posher than Ivo. He's Um, eaten, isn't he? Have you ever... I hope hope he has. It's it's (laughs) ten past two. Come on. (laughs) Tap him in. Where's he going on these holidays? Somewhere in the Caribbean? (laughs) Made myself laugh. Um, (laughs) Have you ever seen him in an iron shirt, Paul? Ivo Graham? An iron shirt? I've never seen him. An iron shirt? The man man in the iron shirt? This is what... (laughs) The, the, the man e- in the iron the, shirt. The eagerly awaited follow-up to really, the man in the iron mask. <laughs> really low-level yeah. films. The man in the iron shirt. Uh, it's not Hello. Busy, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they can just kept captive, kept captive in an iron, beautifully iron shirt. We'd all watch it, wouldn't we? <laughs> Made me laugh there, Paul. Well done. Thank you. So, are you making yourself laugh? No, I'm making no, you laugh. Of course, you seem to be well, enjoying I'm, I'm yourself. Trying to let Sue Pollard, since Sue Pollard, Paul, I'm giddy. I'm still giddy. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to live. What would Sue Pollard do? You've become to... Instagram friends, you and Sue. Yeah, I'm trying to live my life. Yeah. What would Sue Pollard do? Um, now we ask you. Charlie's choice today was. What did you find behind the wall? Yeah, the squirrels have left seventy acorns behind a wall in no, California. Not seventy. Seven hundred Seven, pounds. Seven hundred pounds worth well, of acorns. acorns. There's a lot of acorns. Um, this is somebody who works on a lot of listed buildings. <clears throat> he said, and we often find mummified cats that oh, have been put in these nice. places. Um, they used to be put there to uh, scare evil spirits, apparently, back oh. in the day. So he's working on sort of historical cottages and listed buildings, yeah. and that's what often rocks up. Yeah, that in mummified cats. a bit of a shock, yeah, isn't it, really? Back in the 80s, this is Steve Crust. Oh, good old Steve, yeah. This is Steve Crust. Uh, uh, back in the 80s, we were helping Dad build an extension on our house yeah. when we found, shoved in a small bricked-up window, a suit jacket. We showed Dad. He said that was his wedding suit, and he'd shoved it in there years ago as makeshift insulation. <laughs> <laughs> he tried it on, but it was a bit Norman wisdom. Uh, so we asked you what you found behind the wall. Um, yeah. Also, or when you moved into the new place, we asked you about your wardrobe malfunctions. This is another good example of that. Um, 
Jamie from Worcester, I'm an ex-prison uh, officer, and at lunch times we used to have a game of football sometimes with the guys. Uh, whilst getting changed into some kit, I forgot um, that being a, a good dad the night before, me and my young daughter had, had a bit of a makeup session, and she'd painted my toenails bright oh, pink. Lovely. Shall we say I was abused for a period of time <laughs> afterwards <laughs> by the inmates? Not a good look, says oh, Jamie. Well. Thank you very much for that. Um, And on the other subject of inappropriate joining in after people have been going along to the Bodyguard musical in Glasgow and uh, doing kind of karaoke sing-alongs rather than the stars of the show being heard, and it's been annoying them. Um, Kelvin in Chichester says, we went to Tina the musical the other week and they did the same thing. My missus was fuming, but I was happy as she's completely tone deaf. (laughs) But this is the downside of the the jukebox musical. If you write the jukebox musical, there's probably times and you want people to sing along you go and see Mamma Mia or something there's an expectation yeah but maybe not the whole song all of the time no you know you've got to, I think you've got to rein it in a bit yeah you know, people forget that it's live in front of them because they're used to watching stuff on television now yeah. especially since the pandemic people like, don't know what live stuff's like do you get a lot people just time. talking their way oh, through your gigs that's got worse really that has got absolutely worse audiences are bad not through not when it's just you on your own but yeah you know, I will you do pick people it's it, it's you know they're just having a chat like they're just watching having a chat home. yeah oh look at that why are you wearing that for? yeah that's like you John that what <laughs> you just said <laughs> that's just that's like you isn't it oh, yeah, that's me. why I'm saying it there we are the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast comedian and podcaster Ray Bradshaw is on tour currently he's got gigs in London which is why we're very pleased to say has joined us in yeah. the studio hello Ray nice hello, yeah. Yeah. oh it's a lot nicer here than I thought it'd be to yeah. be honest <laughs> nice to you you've been doing well for yourself you think we sat in a little old hovel yeah 100% some old cupboard. I thought you were down by the seaside, like in a wee beach hut at Torquay. Oh, well. In, in my dreams. I've, I've only been in London about an hour and I paid seven quid for a sandwich, so I'm getting the full London oh, experience. Oh, you get your cheap one. Very, cheap. Yeah. Very much so, yeah, that's right. Uh, you've come back from, you've been in Australia doing gigs, I see. Yeah, so I was over, I'm on tour just now, so I do shows in sign language. So my mum and dad are both deaf, so I've got learning sign language. So right. um, I had to go out and practice the shows somewhere. Australian sign language is similar to here. So I thought, yeah, might as well. So I went over there. Only got sunburnt once, which oh, is a, right. a ginger. That's a record. Yes. Like, actual Scottish, record. Scottish redhead. Yeah, it? man, I'm just tipexing up. Yeah. <laughs> like, got all over, hope for. But no, it was good. And so, then... Sign, sign language around the world is, is different then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I, I can't Forgive my ignorance. I can't I go to America. I can't go to Canada. So their alphabet's all done in one hand. So here, the UK, your alphabet's your two hands, your ABCs, if you know that. Australia's 81% similar. So I'm going to New Zealand later in the year. That's quite similar. So I certain countries, know. even like Scotland, England, there's different regional signs. Wow. And it's useful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well, it could have got I've seen, together. I've seen some of the Scottish signs. Yeah. Well, also the I best, went to an old firm yeah. game. And, and, <laughs> well, the best thing is, yeah. see if I meet a Scottish deaf person, I can tell within five minutes if they're Catholic or Protestant <laughs> because they have different signs for days of the week. Really? Yeah, yeah, so like, wow. it's even ingrained that religious hatred wow. into disability as well, which is nice. Um, so, so I'm, I'm going to centre on this for a moment. It, it's interesting that no one's looked to kind of bring that together and make it one universal language I think it's the same with all languages yeah. like to have a kind of unilateral one just wouldn't work so no. it's <laughs> it's quite cool like for instance I want I had a joke that got me into a lot of trouble down here because the sign I did for spy in Bedford was their sign for pervert so I had a joke about thinking my dad was a spy and all the Bedford oh audience were just like, that joke's disgusting. <laughs> I was like, oh, I found out like two days yeah. later as well. Like, oh, Why, why didn't that go down very well? Yeah. And also, if you've got deaf people in the audience, you see them sign to each other. 
So you can see people sign yeah, go right. instead of like whispering each other's ears. You can see them go, "That's horrible. That's disgusting. What's his problem?" Oh no! I'm like, "Oh man!" So people saying that joke's not good. I might go to the toilet. Like, stuff <laughs> like that when you're on stage. <laughs> oh. I like the difference. I think it's good there. There's a difference. Even cows have accents. Yes. So, so you know, yeah. the title of your new book. My new album. My new album. Charlie Baker. Even cows have accents. You have done interpreted gigs before. I've done. Yes, I've done, and I've done big musicals where they have a signer on the side of the stage as well. And always you'll say the like the big line or yeah. something like that, and then you'll look at them yes. and see yeah. what it is. It yeah. just becomes a game of tennis. You say a swear word, everyone looks over, yeah. you've got them, and then you come back. So you're signing as you do the gig, or does someone yeah, I, sign, yeah. I sign my own stuff, right, yeah. So okay. I use um, PowerPoint, I use projections, I use voiceovers, so wow. all that kind of stuff to kind of do it. So we had, the last tour I did, we had 800 deaf people come to our first comedy show which was great but then I found out deaf people paid concession prices mm. and I'd lost so much money <laughs> yeah, what so a I was like <laughs> you should have made it more made, for there's deaf no, people there's no concessions this year there's yeah. no concessions <laughs> one time it's I, was, the right more bridge, no concessions, I signed so. a deaf guy I was like next year your ticket's 75 quid and he just stuck his middle finger up at me <laughs> in the middle of the show and I was like well, that, see that, some of it's universal yeah yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah, much yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, we're three nights in London and then you, well you're all over the country aren't you you're, yeah. you're, you're, yes all over the all over the nation yes I've got about 40 45, 46 Brilliant. all over. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really exciting. And what I try to do is, I don't know if you do this as well when you guys travel. I try get a football game in at the weekend. Yeah, so yeah Charlie always yeah, does yeah, when he's yeah, touring. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen some amount of rubbish. Yeah, but, <laughs> that's um, half the point. Yeah, but, you, for you, if you don't sit there thinking, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like terrible. Wait, I went to see you. Who did I go see? Was it Oldham? And halfway oh, yeah, through the yeah, guy in front, there. yeah, the guy oh, in front man, of me just yeah. turned around to me asking if I had any acid. <laughs> I was oh, like, no, "You've no, misread this situation <laughs> here, mate." <laughs> I'm, 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 I don't watch Latics on acid. Yeah, did he hear your thought? accent? Not the weekend. Yeah, well, I think I think I've, I was like, I've just been profiled yeah. here. Yeah. That's all that's happening. So um, you you do you're a Partick Thistle fan, yeah. And I was just saying off air. I mean, obviously you spent an awful long time in the, in the in the top division, but yep. not at the moment. You're in the we're championship, but kind of on the playoff. Yeah, we're four. We've lost our last two games. We're up and down the whole time. We've just gone fan ownership, mm. uh, just taking over. So that's quite cool. We've got Rangers in the cup on Sunday. Oh, great! Big games. I think we're taking about two and a half thousand, oh, which is right. pretty sizable for us considering our average home crowds about that. So yeah, but I'm missing it. So uh, if anyone knows somewhere in Northampton that will be showing Rangers Partick Thistle on Sunday, mm. that, um, sure it's a there tough will one. be. will be somewhere. There'll be a sports bar. Yeah, or somewhere, so that's mad. There'll, there'll be a pub, there'll be a Scottish pub. Now you've said it. We'll have a list of about twenty in a minute. Great. I wouldn't worry. Yeah, yeah, I saw you. Yeah. Yeah. wouldn't find them. Uh, we were talking earlier on about about Rangers. And that climb back to the to the yeah. summit when they were demoted, and it's, it's obviously City are going to defend their corners. They've said, but there is a scenario in which City could find themselves demoted. And um, what are your memories of that time? Because it was for, for sides as they worked their way back up. Yeah, it was, was just, a lucrative fixture. Yeah, wasn't it? and it was just quite funny. Like Rangers <laughs> had gone from playing in the Champions League and all these big players to going to play. There's a famous clip of a Rangers fan singing same old Aloha always cheating and it's like <laughs> look how far you guys have fallen Fantastic. so and the best thing is see if City do get it um, and get relegated three four divisions like Rangers did what you'll find is um, lots of lower league players their profile picture still now on Facebook will be them playing it okay. the Etihad as yeah. because all like all the Albion Rovers players and things like that so my dad's from Stranraer he's a Stranraer fan and they played them a couple of times on the way up so that was quite lucrative yeah. and the thing that you got to remember as well Rangers didn't fly through they didn't uh, they won the League 2 they won League 1 but they didn't win the championship at the first goal and we've got the equivalent of what's is it a Vanarana what's the lower league cup here called now the FA Trophy FA Trophy mm. uh, Rangers 
didn't win that <laughs> the whole time they were there. Really? So they were getting beaten oh, by the, the Papa Johns. Yes, oh, the Papa, Papa Johns. Yes, 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 yeah, Papa Johns. Yeah, yeah. It's always got a lovely name, doesn't oh, it? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. they struggled in that competition as well. So it could be nice to see that. But I get the feeling we were chatting there. I don't think much is going to happen, is it, for to City? Well, I, I mean, know. it's it's very difficult to know. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting. This piece today suggesting it could be up to four years before it's concluded. But as we were saying, if they want to move on and make signings and they want to sign top players, yeah. players are going to be a bit nervous about what's going on. So it's kind of in their interest to deal with it quickly. But it's a complex business with yeah. a lot of charges. So. And Rangers did crazy things. They, do you remember Steve Simonson? They were paying him five grand a week to be their sub goalie. And it's like... You're playing guys who are electricians this yeah, morning. Like yeah, you don't need yeah. to do this. So. Are you trialist? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Just constantly all the way through. So yeah. it'd be fascinating. Chat to Alan McCoyst about it. All his stories from that time. Must yeah, be I mean, I'm afraid he's been. not here. You lumbered with us. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> oh, that, a, that was part of my radar. Yeah, <laughs> Ali. Carl's been in touch. There's a Rangers supporters club in Northampton. Oh, so I'm assuming they'll be showing the Rangers I mean, game. I'm not sure the how one, welcome I'll be. After the one, I think you could go in in your party yeah, shirt. Also, I just said how funny it was when they got relegated. So <laughs> yeah, it'll be true, yeah. very warm welcome. From a city been a point of view, because it wasn't that long ago, we forget really. So if you're a time-serving City fan of, of some vintage, yep. you'll go back to these grounds. So yeah, I've been here. Before. Been here yeah, Lovely yeah. to be back. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Gillingham, the pies are good. I mean, you know, so it won't <laughs> be such amazing. a culture shock as it would be for other clubs. It'd be amazing if they were that confident they got Sean Gota out of retirement. <laughs> Just played him and Haaland up top and yeah. just kind of yeah. went for it. Yeah, yeah. well, I think yeah. there's uh, talking to a Sydney mate of mine, there is a certain amount of gallows humour going on at the moment. Right. They're not being completely po faced about it. But look, that has got a long way to go, and they can understand the Schadenfreude because they'd be the same about any other team. Yeah, totally. So, you're, you're, are you in Northampton on Saturday? Right? On Sunday, so Sunday. Where are, you, where are you Saturday? Uh, Soho Theatre the next three nights, Northampton oh, right. Sunday, and then just trying the to next... find you a game. West Ham at home. Yeah, Arsenal at home, Palace at home. So you, I, Fulham, you'll get tickets for Fulham Forest. You'll get tickets. for I want further down that. Oh, I want. Right, I want okay. Orient. I want. Welling, like you're QPR. Welling, bro. Here you go. Well, this is it. Yes, I'm playing Wales. This will suit us, Scott. QPR v Millwall. Oh, perfect. Lyndon Dykes. Oh, he's still not nice, well. So be a nice, gentle yeah. one for you, wouldn't it? That well, one. last time I was down, I went to Dulwich Hamlet. Oh, and, lovely. Uh, yeah, 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 but yeah, sure. I went in and I got a souvlaki, and I was like, "This isn't the football I want." Mm, like, no, it's too nice, get, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Too your, nice. Your beard isn't big enough for Dulwich well, Hamlet. Yeah, but also, you can drink beer here. I thought that's yeah, what you were going to say. That's not allowed. You back can home. in the National League South. You can't, yeah, you can't you're not allowed. South End. You can see there. Are you doing them on a Friday night? Yeah, stick around for their game. Dulwich Hamlet are at home again to Tombridge. Yeah, Hampton and Richmond. Go see the. Beavers. Well, yeah. I've, I've never heard of them, and yeah. that sounds like we something are. we Probably might do tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, um, they've, so heard right. that. they've heard that before. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the dates uh, at RayBradshaw.com. Yep. And you do podcast, don't you? And uh, plenty of stuff on Scottish football as well. Yeah. I just like some of you. I just love chatting about football. Like yeah. it's. I think when you're self-employed, like Charlie's done as well. If you can make a living out of talking about something you enjoy, yeah. it's so much fun. So oh, this, yeah. is a, this is a hobby, right? Is it? Yeah, yeah. This is voluntary work. They're just, they're just polite. I didn't yeah. realize you're doing your Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's fantastic. In the tents for this is his gold. This is his gold. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, Hawksby, Charlie Baker here on Talk Sport. Now, uh, you'll recognise Sam Delaney's voice. He was a regular fixed here on uh, Talk Sport and uh, Talk Radio a few years back, and I, I worked alongside Sam. He was often here for cover for Andy on holidays and, and lots and lots of different shows across the station. Um, he has written uh, his new book, Sort Your Head Out, Mental Health, 
without all the... I'm going to say cobblers. I can't actually <laughs> say the word that's on there. The, that begins with B. Never mind the... Yeah. So, um, Sam, good to see you. Th- welcome great back. Great to see you. Great yeah. to see you. Great yeah. to see you again, Paul. It's lovely to be here. Um, and I wish that I'd consulted you when I came to give a title to this book because cobblers is such a better word in so many ways <laughs> than the one I used because everywhere I go to publicise this book, this the fact that I've used a profanity yes. in the title, and I keep thinking... Why didn't I think this story? Why didn't the publisher tell me? I was at the local bookshop this morning in like the leafy part of southwest London where I live, and I said, you know, I'm a local author. Will you promote it in the window? And they're usually very accommodating for that, and they seemed quite excited until their eyes drifted down the cover, yeah. and they saw that I'd used a word that wasn't cobblers, yeah. and they looked at it, and I said, oh... Yeah, so I should have come to you, Paul. It's Cobblers. Qu- it is quite important. Also, people though. need to grow up. It's quite they important do. as a word because it tells you about the kind of approach of the book yeah. and and the people that it's aimed at. And it's it's kind of it's your story. It, it, it's not a sort of self help book as such, but it's no. through your experiences and and what you did uh, and how you changed. I mean, you you said you had addictions to to uh, booze and to drugs, yeah. um, which uh, you overcame. wasn't an easy process, but it's that story and and a whole lot more besides, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of what it is. Is it was a it's a, the book that I wish that I'd had like about twelve years ago when I was in my late thirties. I'm forty seven now. Um, but in my late 30s, things like I had a good life on the surface, very good. My career was going well. I had, you know, good marriage, a couple of lovely kids. Everything was great. But I got a bit overwhelmed, well, a bit, a very overwhelmed and overstretched by the combined pressures of really work, family, and I guess social life, like projecting the sort of Jack the Lad sort of persona that I'd always kind of had. And I wanted to keep up with the socialising as well as maintaining all this other stuff mm. in my life. And it just overwhelmed me. And so I did start, I had, so I had a lot of sort of depression and anxiety that I hid. And the reason I hid it probably was because I thought, what have I got to be, I can't tell anyone this, this is embarrassing. Mm. I've got a good life, everything's going well. I didn't really know why I felt sort of miserable or, or kind of worried all the time. And I just thought, well, I can't tell anyone because I'm really ashamed of this because anyone else with this sort of life would never complain. I don't want to be a whinger. So... By not talking about or admitting it to anyone at all and being quite good at continuing to act Jack the Lad and upbeat all the time, it got worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And actually what I did was I started to self-medicate, really using booze and drugs to sort of make me feel a bit better. I was quite secretive about it. And uh, in the end, that over the course of about 18 months, a couple of years in my late 30s, it kind of got out of control Hmm. to the point that I, thankfully, before I hit any kind of rock bottom or anything like that, I reached out for help. And now I've been sober for almost eight years and life's much better because the key thing was I just started like being open and honest about yeah. this stuff. And then I got help and I also got empathy and I got support. And I went into this sort of world of kind of doing a bit of therapy, talking to people about being open about my feelings, thinking it would be a load of cobblers. I thought, I don't want to be that guy. I'm a, you know, I'm Jack Lad. I, I like, I liked the pub and football, frankly. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I didn't, and I liked mucking around. I didn't like taking things seriously. I thought that was embarrassing and awkward. What I found out was, was that I could kind of engage in this sort of chat and be a bit vulnerable and get sober and healthy and all the rest of it, but not have to trade in your mm. Jack the Lad card. I still mm. have a laugh. I still go to the football. I still go to the pub. I have a Heineken Zero. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I like, you know, I, I, life is fun without all of that nonsense, and it's a lot easier too. I work with you, Sam, on both sides of this, and I'll be honest, you must be very high-functioning because 
I mean, we you know, we didn't socialise a lot. We worked together, we got mm. on, but we didn't go out boozing a lot together. And I remember that crossover. You came in doing some shows and you just said to me, I, I, I think we were going something. You said, oh, I've, I've got my scooter with me. I've stopped drinking. I'm not drinking anymore. Mm. And I said, oh, okay, why is that? And you said, oh, I don't know. I'm getting more done. I'm more productive. Mm. I just found it was clouding my judgment. And I, I remember saying to you, you didn't have a problem, did you? Mm. Say, oh no, no, no! But mm. because I mm. never would have imagined it. No. I, I mean, you were working with me. You were holding down another job, and I, I'll be honest. I thought, blimey, Sam's got it all going on. He's got it massively sus. Mm. He's incredibly busy. He's very successful, uh, and I had absolutely no idea you were going through. Yeah, this. I mean, that was a, that's a that was a moment. I remember that conversation, and I remember before that working here, working two or three other jobs, writing a book. It was too much. I was doing too much, and it was sort of tied into, like, my use of drinking drugs in that. I just I just had... I took on too many things, and it was probably for distraction. Yeah. You know, that was the thing. I didn't, I didn't really know how to rest. I didn't know how to slow down. I didn't know how to sit alone my own thoughts because I would just get anxious and uncomfortable. And, I, you know, and that was a part of myself that I really struggled with. And so the work was just like the drink. I was always looking for distractions. And when I first got sober, I remember having that conversation with you. I had it with a lot of people. For the first couple of years, that was my response Hmm. because I didn't want to say, oh, I've got a problem because I thought that's a bit dramatic. Hmm. But I knew I did. Because I'd been to rehab, I've been, I hadn't gone residential. I kind of feel a bit guilty asking it now when I look because you know you don't quite. I just I don't know what made me say it, if you did or you didn't. But it's kind of reading the book now. I think. Well, why did I ask that? Well, question? Well, I think it's normal. Everyone's interested, and I don't think that anyone who's just given up feels always ready or comfortable to mm. say straight away. Well, mm. I had a big problem. Now I always say because it, it cuts the conversation dead a lot of the time. <laughs> you can move on to something else. Yeah. Go, Why ain't drinking, mate? Go, oh, massive alcoholic, mate. <laughs> and they go, oh, all right. Uh, anyway, what do you think is going to happen in the game today? You know, yeah. so it's but kind I of. I think easier. what you say there's interesting, Paul, because what you're doing there is what what Sam is talking about. I think is which is opening the door, isn't it? Opening mm. the door for that conversation. If as men. We're not good at talking a lot of the time. I think no. Everyone in this room is pretty good at talking and can find some clarity. But if if you are a man who 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 can't find the right words sometimes or can't be honest about their emotions, mm. if someone does open that door, then sometimes you want to kick it open and go, "Yeah, I'm I'm struggling yeah. actually." Yeah. And maybe that's what you were doing as a friend. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. No, I mean, I do think it's great to ask. You know, there's a difference between asking and prying. Yeah. In those mm. early, you know, you never pried. It was a normal yeah. question. And um, I wasn't really ready because I was still getting my own head together about sure. why I'd given up. And it did take me a couple of years to start piecing everything together and why I'd got the way I, I had. And I started to think, I know loads of dads like this. Yeah. Loads of dads where your career, often around the time your kids are still young and it's taken a lot of work to do the job properly, if you want to do the job properly, right? And so you've got a lot going on there you've got a lot of your career usually around that same time is hitting a particularly busy peak and you're juggling all these different balls and you're trying to be the best bloke you can be the best dad the best husband the best professional the best mate and it's just too much yeah and it's and but every because blokes don't talk about it i think i know i felt this way you sort of think, well, I can't say that I'm struggling here because no one else is. So mm. I'm going to look like the weak one, no, right? Because also you've you've gone for something. You've gone for something high stakes and you've achieved it. Mm. You've achieved everything in your life that you wanted to achieve. You know, you had mm. this media career. You had a happy family. You have a happy, mm. happy family. And if you achieve it and it's still not ticking that box, still yeah. not making you yeah. happy, that's when you realise you're in trouble. You do. But you're very, again, I keep using this word, you're kind of ashamed of feeling that way. You yeah. think, oh, no one will understand. Know, yeah. they'll, they'll go, oh, first world problems, right? Yeah. And the part of this book is like, listen, 
There is no such thing as first world problems. Mm. Whoever you are, whatever your circumstances are, you're a human being, right? Sometimes mm. life's going to really get you down. And just don't feel like you're the only one and don't feel like you need to be embarrassed or ashamed. It is really normal. It happened to me. It's happened to most blokes I know at some stage to one degree or another. Yeah. You know, some blokes navigate their way through it better and more quickly. I didn't because I was too keeping it inside. I was too preoccupied with keeping an image of being in control. And therefore, my drinking, by the way, a lot of it, the reason you wouldn't have been aware of it was it was very secretive and solo towards the end. I'd always like to drink like anyone. Yeah. But towards the end, the last sort of 18 months when I was really struggling, there was a lot of going to the pub on my own in Mm. the day. Yeah. With the laptop kind of working, but kind of drinking solo. And a lot of, you know, the wife and kids had gone to bed. I'm staying up to watch sport or whatever but like getting through a few extra bottles on my own so it it, it kind of became like secretive mm. drinking that I was using to numb out all of this stuff the moment I opened up and got honest about it you know I didn't feel the need to drink anymore Yeah, but it was a long road for me to get there and that's why I've written this book to help other blokes see look you know, hopefully they can jump out. The, the, they can skip yeah. the bit that I went through mm. where it got a bit messy and, and miserable. Is it know? difficult now? I mean, I I, I spoke to someone who, who was an alcoholic and I, and I said that question. I said, do you miss it? And he said, only every day. <laughs> he's still never fallen yeah. off the wagon. But, yeah. he, he, he's, I mean, is it difficult? For me, it's not. But it's different for everyone. Mm. And I don't want to sit here and go, if you're thinking of giving up booze, don't worry, it's really easy. Yeah, You you know, there was a physical pang for booze in the early days that didn't last a long time, but was very hard to kind of, you have to white knuckle through that and Mm -hmm. find techniques to, but that didn't last a very long time. And now my life, I just, I sometimes have nightmares where I've drunk. It's quite common amongst former drinkers. And in those dreams, I'm never having fun. I'm always full of like remorse and almost tearful because, you know, it's like I feel like I've built this thing here. It'll be eight years in June and I'm really kind of proud of it, you know, and I I don't, I really genuinely, there's nothing. I had some good times drinking when I was younger. Yeah. Not towards the end. That was just miserable kind of drinking, but. Yeah, I really don't. I just have more energy. My life is more organised. I've got more clarity. Yeah. I'm a better dad. Like, everything that I do is easier and more enjoyable. That, that's one of the important messages of the book. I think you summed it up perfectly, is that people think, you know, you have got might have a bunch of mates that you drink with and go mm. to football with. I'm sure a lot of the listeners are having listening to this and that. Yeah, that's me. You know, I'm a social drinker. I don't, I'm thinking. But they will have problems in their lives and they don't feel they can share that with their mates because mm. they're going to look like a whinger. They're going to say, oh, yeah, all yeah. right, mate, can I calm down? There's people yeah. worse off than you. Yeah. But it's your problem. It's the way you feel. And as you say in the book, you know, suicide is, is a major killer of, of, of young men mm. simply because they don't share those moments because they feel guilty whinging about something that they probably do need to share exactly. with someone. Exactly, and everyone thinks that if you t- talk about the way you feel, then it's whinging, but yeah. it's not. It's just being open, it's being honest, being a bit vulnerable. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be deep. It can be a laugh. I, mm. You know, this book, I've tried to make it funny because the stuff that's happened to me is funny. Uh, a few of the bits I've read, I thought, oh, I'll read that out and then I get to, oh, I can't read that out because of some of <laughs> yeah, some I of mean, what you've said, like what you should WhatsApp your friend if they if you say, <laughs> yeah. are you all right? And then they say, yeah, and then you go, yeah, yeah are you sure you're miserable? And yeah. then I can't say yeah, the next word. But you didn't want a kind of wellness type book. Nah, you didn't no. like this. A lot of books like this is kind of, the, the language is earthy and you're mm. very honest about everything that's happened in your life that yeah, kind of fed into your Issues. Talk. I'm not saying that I've had a terrible life. There are mm. misery memoirs out there by people who've had much tougher lives than me. My my situation was fairly normal, yeah. I think. 
And, you know, and, and like you say, my biggest enemy when I was going through it was that sort of fear of being perceived as a whinger, as opposed to just thinking, well, we all have tough times. If I can be open about this, mm-hmm. get some help, you know. And what I've really been stunned by is since I did it, you know, all of my old mates, all of my mates who I've been going to West Ham with for the last 30 years, yeah. you know, everyone... To be honest, some of them have been actively supportive. Some of them took my lead, and within the next couple of years, they quit too because right. they sort of saw that I'd done it and it was all right. Mm. And some of them, these are the best ones, were completely indifferent. Couldn't care less. Yes. Never <laughs> yeah. talk about we'll, it. We'll, never mention we'll it. Talk about, we'll talk yeah. about when you make that change. Um, uh, that's Because that is very interesting, and, and the reaction of your friends... Uh, to it. Sam Delaney's with us. We're talking about his book, Sort Your Head Out. Mental health without all the cobblers. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll chat more to Sam shortly. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Sam Delaney's with us. He's chatting about his new book, Sort Your Head Out, Mental Health Without All the Cobblers. Um, Lots of great text, Paul. Yeah, um, a lot of people getting in touch. There was that one from Ian. He says, Sam has basically just described my struggles and ashamed to tell people and ashamed of feeling that way. It's from the outside, you'd assume I have this perfect life with a good job, uh, wife, kids, house, etc. So it's very interesting that, you know, this. I, mm. I, that's when you read the book. He said, I'll, I'll mm. be buying the book despite the profanity. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it is quite it yeah. is quite universal. That's the um, thing about the book. Brilliant combo. This inspirational quit myself years ago. Best thing I've ever done. I agree, agree with Sam a thousand percent. Uh, great listen on TalkSport. So relatable. Best thing I did was speak up and be open. That was Brad. Thanks, Brad. And so you had that situation. I saw your piece you did in the Sunday Times the other day about going with a, a gang of mates that your whole life with them, effectively, mm. had been built around around football going out, lads, holidays, mm. drinking, and then you kind of present yourself, as you touched on it before the break, you kind of present yourself as someone else. You're not that person anymore. You're yeah. Sam who doesn't doesn't drink anymore. And so you, there was trepidation, wasn't there? We were thinking, people are not going to accept me because I'm not the same Sam anymore. I thought that I thought that I would effectively... I didn't think I'd be sacked from my social group. Yeah. I thought it would be constructive dismissal. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Quiet quitting. Yeah, I thought that they'd sort of gently ease me out by making it, and it would just become uncomfortable and awkward because I'd think he's really weird. You know, people, sometimes you think, oh, the non-drinker, people will think that he's judgy or that he's pious or that he's just become boring. And I thought, oh, maybe I will become like that. I thought maybe I will become boring. I just don't know. But I knew that I had to quit. So I thought, well, if that's the that's the price I'll have to pay, it won't be nice. But what I realised was, the key thing I realised was, was this. First of all, I had a few months. I did move my seat at West Ham, right? And I started sitting with my brother, my, one of my old brothers, who's also had been sober for a few years before me because I wanted to just stay away from the drinking culture yeah. for a while. But then after a while, I moved back again and started seeing my old mates. And they didn't... And I found that by then, I was so much more comfortable in my own skin. I was able to go down the pub. I'd have a Coke or a Heineken Zero. I'd have a really good laugh. I would ordinarily stay for like an hour as opposed to the whole day, Yeah. right? I'd disappear when people just don't notice anyway. They get past a certain point. They don't care or notice or wonder why you've left. You just disappear in a puff of smoke. I'd go home and go to my family and think, oh, what a lovely evening I've had, you know. And um, that, so I realised that I was really able to still enjoy myself, have a laugh. And, you know, one of the sweetest things any of my mates said, and I, he, he gave me the quote for the piece I wrote in the Sunday Times. He said, I just thought you were the same old Sam. You were no different to socialise with. And, you know, it took a while for me to feel comfortable enough to be like that. But that was great. And the other thing I found about not drinking is that 
what you discover is because I'd been, you know, like most lads of our generation, I'd been I'd started in the park with my mates yeah, when, yeah, when yeah, I was sure. thirteen, mm. and and a therapist said to me once, you know, the thing is, the point at which you start using booze or drugs to manage your moods is the point at which you stop emotionally developing. So I'm like, well, I started getting like pretty out of it in the wreck when I was thirteen, and I quit when I was forty. So that whole period in between was lost, basically, in yeah. terms of emotional development. She went, yeah, you got to start from when you were 13. And that kind of made sense to me because I had mm. to work out new ways of not running away from feeling rubbish about myself and processing it in a little bit more of a sustainable way. And uh, But once I'd done all that, I was like, oh, this is, this is really great because I can still have all my old mates. I can still have a really good laugh. Mm. I usually go home a lot sooner. I very often drive myself home, which is lovely. It feels like Do you enjoy football more? I mean, do you enjoy, I enjoy watching football the game so much more? Yeah. The things that you do that you used to do drunk, then you try them sober, right? And most of them you think it's better sober. So yeah. football, yeah. I go with my son mostly now, right? He's 11. He's a big West Ham fan. And I go to the game. I might go and see a few mates beforehand. We watch the game. I, I understand what's going on. I focus on the whole match. Yeah. I chat to my son about it. I feel all the emotions. When we win... Admittedly, that's rare these days. But when we win, I really feel it. Whereas before, whether we won or we lost or we drew, the feeling was the same because the feeling was drunkenness. Yeah. And the drunkenness is always the same. Now I feel highs and lows. I feel it more real. And then there are some things that you did that you, you drank at that you don't you realise that the reason you drank was because they're just rubbish and the only reason you could get through them was by being drunk and I just stopped doing those and found yeah. something else to do instead. <laughs> yeah. Sam, we're out of time, Sam. Okay, You've had cool. a great, we had a great reception yeah. to your chat, though. A lot of people are getting in touch saying a lot of it so resonates, especially the point about talking to someone. Once you open up and realise how many people care and want to help, you never te- uh, never hesitate to do it. A lot of a lot of people saying, you know, kind of describing my situation. So uh, there's yeah, an audio, there's an audio book as well as a. As I've a print. done the audio yeah. book. Kindle, hardback, all out today yeah. in the usual places. Yeah. No, Nigel Adley, Nigel, I know Nigel's got a copy and he said he's read the first hundred pages and so much of it is relatable to what goes on in life, even if you're not kind of obviously struggling to yeah. the extent you were. This, I, I found that. There's, a, there's an awful lot you can take from the book, where, whether they're in your exact same situation mm. or not. So, so we wish you well with it. Thanks, Thanks, lads. Yeah, Thanks good real pleasure. Cheers. Great to uh, see you. It's published by Little Brown. It's called uh, Sort Your Head Out. Mental Health About All the Cobblers uh, by Sam Delaney. And, yeah, it's out today in Harbat. And, and as Sam said, the audio version is available too. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Time for the birthday <laughs> spread. Uh, let the s housery commence, nah. say the listeners. Uh, that came from the... Uh, yeah, where else have we got very, here? The nation's light. behind you, Charlie, apparently. Oh, wow. That's what they're saying. Um, so, yes, somebody's parked up, ready to go. Got 100 last week. Can he break 100 this week? Um, Andy, it's a pretty straightforward game, isn't it? Ten birthdays. You've come up with the birthdays and the gags around them. It's my job, Charlie's job, to try and guess the ages of these people. Uh, a margin of error will build as we're slightly out on the years, and the one with the shortest margin of error will be the winner. Jeff Peters keeps score. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> A very, a very, very good afternoon yeah, to you afternoon. all. Charlie, four wins in a row. Wow. So he's on uh, 21. He's currently holding the uh, Sir Johnny Weaver trophy. Yeah. Uh, Paul's still out in the lead on 38. And another famous person, mm. big fan of the birthday spread, who uh, I often bump into on the football circuit, former England striker, Great goal-scoring record for his country, David Nugent. David Ooh, Nugent. Good that. afternoon, yes. David. Uh, Ooh, tell us how you're getting on this afternoon. Uh, so there we are. Yeah, loves it, does he? Nice. But here's Pelé and Sergio Mendes. Did Nugent get left on the bench for uh, David James? Was that David was that Nugent? That, that might have been, yeah. John Macken, wasn't John it? Macken, oh, John Macken. John Macken. 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 Well done, Charlie. <laughs> Alienate the only famous people that listen. I can only apologise. OK, Andy, first birthday. Yeah, I can't hear Pele. I don't know why. Is oh. he playing? Oh, he's playing. He's playing. He's playing. Yeah, 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 that yeah, must yeah. be my Zoom connection. Can okay. I just say, I, I listened to the interview with Sam Delaney. I thought it was really interesting, yeah. really good. It's an excellent book. I mean, I think yeah. it, because it, there's people kept using the word relatable, and it, that's that's the key, really. He's, he's, he's just just a Joe like you. There's no sort of wellness involved. It's a, it's a fascinating read, so we do recommend it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Good, good stuff. Anyway, OK, let's get underway. Here we go. The first mm. uh, birthday of the week is the journalist, political skit. Sketch writer, not sketch writer, yeah. for the Times and theatre critic Quentin Letts. Ooh, Quentin, Quentin Letts. Yeah. I made him a meal recently that I knew after it was cooked would give him terrible indigestion. I warned him, let's get ready to rumble. Hey, that's a very good start. <laughs> Tremendous. Let's go fly a kite. Could have gone with that, or I suppose. Um, what do you think? Um, is, is it me? Is yeah, it? you kick us off. You won last week, Charlie. Yeah, I think he's 68. Do you know what? I was going to say exactly the same wow. thing. I'll go clickety-click 66. He's 60. Oh, OK. Ooh, Quentin, well, if you're listening. Ages you, isn't it? That sort of thought process ages you. Right, go on. Uh, so, Jeff, a pretty straightforward. What are the scores? It's Paul 6, Charlie 8. Yep, I was 6 it's out. Charlie was 8 out. Ergo, 8-6. Yeah. Uh, and we alternate. I'll go uh, first next. Here we go, then. OK, it's the actress, I think daughter of Trevor, Alice Eve. Alice yeah. Eve. Mm. And I played against her, actually, in a mixed charity match, and she was marking me. I kept going past her. In the end, our captain asked me to stop. He said, you're killing Eve. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, it's all about her, isn't it? Mm. It is. Yes, it nice. certainly it is. Very nice. <laughs> uh, I'd say she's probably, what, late 30s now? 38. Alice Eve. Alice Eve, yeah. Done lots of I think telly. she's a bit older than that. Is she? Okay. 44. 
41. Oh, okay. So straight down the middle, both three out. Paul nine, Charlie eleven. Here we are. Here we are. Um, so back to Charlie leading us off on the third birthday only. It's the Olympic yachtsman Sir Ben Ainsley. Oof. Sir Ben Ainsley. I don't know if you know this, but uh, Ben was a good friend of the legendary English comedy actress Hattie Jakes. She even painted his portrait, which I wanted to see. I said to her, can I see your Ainsley Harriet? (laughs) (laughs) So Ben Ainsley. Ainsley. I just have to remember which Olympics he was in. Mm. It's the problem I've got there. Ainsley. Let's say 40. I think he might be a touch older, but not a lot. About 46. He is, in fact, 46. Ooh, Very good, Paul. So bad. He's practising. He's been practising. So I, I worked with him when yeah. he was about 16. He was a bit <laughs> yeah, that's a you feel like. What, you did rookies? Was which, he in that, was Yeah, yeah. Wow. Was, which yeah. Olympics he was in to try and work it out. There we um, go. So, eight. Uh, what's the scores, Jeff? Paul, direct hit stays on nine. Charlie, six out on to 17. Mm. Yeah, in cricket terms, says Wayne Charlie's on a five for. Oh, not so um, far. Not so Mick's far. Mick's been in touch. I've rushed in from the van, got into the house to get changed to make sure I, I get out with the dog in time for the birthday spread. <laughs> and then, of course, the app needed updating, but luckily oh, I'm now in business. Well, so good afternoon to you. Download the app. <laughs> it's Nick, actually. Good afternoon to you, Nick. Yeah, Nick. Thanks for listening. Okay, next birthday. Okay, the singer from Guns N' Roses, Axel Rose. Yeah. Axel Rose. And he, he had a few financial problems when I knew him. His mum told me her Axel was broke. I said, you better call the AA. <laughs> hey, oh, very nice. He's of an age which will allow us to go to, take me down to Paradise City. She's got I can't get the there myself. You'll have to take me down to Paradise City. You're going to have to push me in the chair. He's not that old. We've he's done not, this before. He's, he's not knocking on heaven's door. He's <laughs> not. No. Love it and elevate. That's, That's not Aaron Smith. That's Aaron Smith. <laughs> <laughs> he does all the hits. <laughs> anyway, that sweet child of mine is now 42. Uh, no, I'd say, uh, what is the Axel Rose? He's probably about uh, 57. Mm. What do you think, Andy? Uh, Charlie? <laughs> I, I, think he's, I think he's... Good trick question. I'm going to say 61. Oh, well done, Charlie. 61. Wow. Oh, okay. Yes. So, what's that down to the scores, Jeff? Direct hit for Charlie, so he stays on 17. Paul, four out onto 13. What a good game. We're going to half-time then with Charlie leading us off. Okay, uh, talking of the Olympics, she was the six-time Olympic gold medalist in 1988, the swimmer Kristen Otto. Kristen Otto. And uh, I bumped into her dad once. He was with Tom Hanks. I recognised Tom, but I didn't know the man called Otto. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. And he liked that film. And he completely spoiled it <laughs> oh, for us when he told us the ending. What was her year's Christine? It was a ghost. 1988. 1988. She won a medal in 88. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say uh, 52. Um... Yeah, 56. 57. Oh, well done, Paul. Very good. Uh, delicately poised. Jeff, we go into half time with the scores at. Yeah, you're one out, Paul, so you're on to 14. Charlie, five out on to 22. Eight in it at the halfway stage. Okay. Eight. Second half of the birthday spread coming up. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Talk Sport listeners playing along in the birthday spread. What have we had so far? Quinton lets let me down. 27 after five. Confident of a strong second half, says uh, Septimus. 
Uh, what else have we got here? One of the other lists. It, uh, a lot of people think you're cheating, Charlie, which is unfair. Sure, sure. No obscure singers so far, so I'm on a respectable sure. 26. Sure. Um, anyway, let's, let's rock and roll. Paul sounds we? very like Billy Sharp when he talks about, about cheating. <laughs> very like, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Here's Pele and Sergio Mendes. Okay, we get underway. Pele's really sounding bad in my headphones, but never oh, mind. Um, it's the chief executive of the ARC Children's Charity, Lucy Heller. Lucy Ooh. Heller. Wow. I, I, I had to visit her last month during the recent train strike, and all the taxis were taken too. Luckily, a passing gardener gave me a lift in a wheelbarrow. You could say I went to Heller in a handcart. Beautiful. Oh, nice. Your, That's a tough one to know, kick off with, isn't it? Could be anything. Work that out. 52, I'm going to go. I'm just going to take a punt. I don't gonna, know. I'm, and I'm going to have to stick with you yeah. and go 50. 64. Oh, oh, my Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> oh, well, so, yeah, that's added. That's, that's added on. It's gone badly. Bit. What do you think? So, Paul has gone from 14 to 26, oh. and Charlie 22 to 36. So, 10 in it, four to go. Difficult start of the second half. Oh, very Andy difficult. set us there, but uh, seventh birthday, Charlie. Here we go, Andy. Okay, you, you both know this guy. It's the comedian and actor Chris Rock. Mm. Chris Rock. And uh, Chris recently lost a lot of money in uh, a cryptocurrency deal. It was a real slap in the face. Hey. Oh, very nice. See, it's quite difficult, this. Keep Chris his name Rock. out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what about that? <laughs> yeah. Doing, yeah. Doing the lot there. Yeah, I'm between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, 55. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, probably a good call, isn't it? 53. Yeah, he's 58. I was quite surprised. Ooh, no, really? really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Wowee. He's gone into business with Pam Ayres. Um, Paul uh, is five Ayres out. Rock. There we are. Lovely. It would be nice, wouldn't it? I wish, I I, I wish I'd I looked after. Rock Ayres. Yeah, you shouldn't have to say it, really. <laughs> I wish um, I'd looked after me so, teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, sounds Paul. nothing like Chris Rock. <laughs> you got the wrong bloke. <laughs> anyway, what's the scores, Jeff? Paul, five out onto 31. Yeah. Charlie, three out onto 39. The gap closes to eight. Three to go. Okay, back eight. to me kicking us off on the eighth birthday, Andy. It's the boxer Oscar de la Hoya. Mm. Oscar de la Hoya. And I'll never forget the opening of a chat show he appeared on with Susie Walker, ex-wife of Spurs goalie Ian. She greeted Oscar with, Hoya, I'm Susie Walker. Yeah, <laughs> That's a lovely old reference. From the, it is, isn't it? The, the I wag. thought there was going to be a play your cards right reference. <laughs> higher, higher. Yeah, the uh, the wag. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'd I'd say Oscar De La Hoya, fifty eight. Mm, yeah, I'm in that ballpark. I've written sixty down. No, he's only fifty. Oh, oh Oscar. Just, yeah, I thought we'd gone on longer than he God. had. Well, oh, we. So I'm a bit closer. What's that done, Jeff? I mean, these boxers do look a bit older, don't they? Like George Foreman being 90. But yeah. Um, yeah. so Paul, <laughs> Paul is eight, Paul is eight out yeah. onto 39. Charlie ten out onto 49. Ten in it, two ten to go. Ten in it, two to go. Still okay. in it. Birthday number nine. The Olivier Award-winning choreographer and dancer Will Tuckett. Will Tuckett. And he's just bought a, new, bought a new range of shirts. Anything to get the part. <laughs> that are worn exclusively inside your trousers. Yes. <laughs> so Will Tuckett does what? Choreographer? Yeah, choreographer. Olivier Award-winning choreographer, is he? Yep. And who's first, me or Paul? It's uh, you, Charlie. Charlie. It's me. I have not heard of him. No. Sorry, Will, if you're listening. Me neither. 48. Could open a gap here, Paul. 63. Oh, he's gone for it. Oh, no, he's 54. Oh, 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 oh,
That's closed it up, hasn't it? it? It's closed it up by by three. So Paul nine out on that moves on to forty eight. Charlie six out on to fifty five. So seven in it. Seven. One to go. It's playable. Paul to go first. So Charlie, you need to be eight. Yeah, either it way. gives me a shot. Are we going to some of the things people are saying? Jeff says Charlie losing the birthday spread. Is, is his Google not working this week? Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying Charlie cheats, says David, but the amount of newspapers he gets delivered to his house is crazy. <laughs> Time for Jeff to take over from Andy. Memo incoming, oh, says wow. David. <laughs> some of the things they're saying in, uh, in the birthday. Not bank. based on today, I would say. We get, to the last, we get to the last birthday then, Andy. Uh, okay. Is it, uh, is it eight? Eight the, is the gap. Is no, I need to be eight. eight. What's the gap? Nine. Nine either way. No, it's seven. Oh, sorry, so you need seven. To be I need to be eight. eight. I need to be eight either way. Okay. Uh, I'll lead us off because uh, somehow yes, I'm leading. You're leading. Here we go. It's an old birthday spread favourite, the chairman of Arsenal Football Club, or former chairman, Sir Chips Keswick. Sir yeah. Chips Keswick. Mm. And uh, my wife got into the habit of inviting him to all our family do's, weddings, bar mitzvahs, engagement parties. But I drew the line at Christmas Day. I said to her, do we have to have chips with everything? Hey! Sir Chips, a long-serving, uh, yes, member of the board at Arsenal. So I'd say happy birthday to him. He's probably... I'm going to go 90... 92. Yeah, well, you see, and now I can't win because you've gone about the right area. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, Paul. I mean, it's... So you've got to be... It's so not, you, not worth playing, the, uh, really, really. Have we come back to this now? We, well, it's, now not it's not going it, your way. It? It's, it's not worth it, it? Yeah. If, if, it's it's so, if it's someone you've heard of and you sort of have done jokes about in the past, then, you know, it's I don't like, do jokes about uh, the Arsenal yeah. hierarchy. <laughs> you, you, just you, said, you just said an H&J favourite. Just said, oh, an H&J favourite, our best friend. No, no. How old is Andy Jacobs? You may as well have said that. Yeah. So I said... Let's get him back to the point in I got. I said 92. So you basically need to say 100 or... 84. Yeah, it's pointless, isn't it? 84. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Chips Keswick is 83. Oh, my God! <laughs> Sensational scenes! What a game! What a game! What a game! Oh, Five in a row! They said it couldn't be done! Sulking like mad and you still won. What an amazing game! I think... I think. What an amazing game! I, I love it. I've Where got, is the trophy? I've got to be I honest. still haven't seen the trophy. Charlie, I do think... Bang! Your behaviour did slightly take the shine off of that victory. <laughs> I saw him in the tunnel and they thought they were playing Spurs. He thought he was playing Spurs already. He's gone all Billy Sharp on us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That was how it all unfolded today. We'll do it all again, myself and Andy, tomorrow. Stan Collymore joins us for his look ahead to the Premier League weekend. You can get involved in the Fools panel. We'll build up a Super Bowl, yeah. of course, with Todd Macklin. Uh, I've never got... managed to watch one, Paul. I've, always, no, I've stayed up, always lazy. fallen asleep. Always watch the highlights in the morning. <laughs> so uh, we'll be doing all that. Charlie, you're back on Saturday with Max. 9 to 11, Saturday morning. And I'll be back, yeah, tomorrow from 1. Do hope you can join us. If not, podcast available around 4 o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.